You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Ehill, the Culture Change Agent. Y'all already know in this show we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generational leaders. And I have a show for you today, but let me get a couple of housekeeping things done before I get into the show. First and foremost, thank you for tuning in to another episode and listening back to back to back weeks. It's Thursday and I'm so appreciative. I want to make sure I say at the beginning of the show of you tuning in and listening every single week. Referring friends. We continue to grow and grow and grow. We have blown past over 200,000 downloads I repeat, we have blown past over 200,000 downloads in over 40 different countries. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. It's exciting, all from my idea. So I'm pumped up and I'm excited. A couple housekeeping things. First, 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 make sure you leave a review. If you're listening via iTunes, I'm saying early in the podcast, make sure you leave a review. Second, I'm excited to announce, as you can tell in my voice, as always, my Know the Trailblazer Conference. Is coming to you in March 2018. So if you're listening, if you want to be in a room, in a space, within the energy of people that have passed been on this podcast and other new people to learn the strategies, learn the stories, and just being a once-in-a-lifetime experience that I guarantee in a decade or so is going to change the freaking bump the culture, the whole world, make sure you go to minoritytrailblazer.com, join the mailing list. And we will be updating you on the speakers, the schedule in the next couple months as we roll it out. So make sure you go to check out MinorityTrailBlazer.com and put in your email address for the conference. As well as, please, please go check out my YouTube channel, Greg Hill TV. Find me on YouTube. Every week I do weekly recaps on the good, the bad, the ugly. Because most importantly, when I started this journey, I said, yo, I want to be the most transparent and honest professional speaker, uh, blogger, podcaster in the world. That was going to be my unique, my unique niche. I wasn't going to front and be phony. I like everything was straight. Like I got every contract. Like I nailed every gig. Like every podcast just blows up. No, 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 no. I want to tell y'all the real. So make sure you check me out at Greg Hill TV, where every week I'm bringing you real, authentic content, as well as I post a lot of my keynote snippets too on there. So thank you for that. Also, I want to send a special Special shout out to my boy, Nicholas Stewart, University of Maryland freshman man, sent me a message via LinkedIn and said, yo, 
I listen to the podcast, man. I'm encouraged. I've been encouraged since January. I'm a freshman, and your tools and tips is helping me take it to the next level. So shout out to Nicholas Stewart out there in Maryland doing your thing. Also, shout out to Kelsey Jones at Spellmate College, who's an intern at a TV station, for sending me encouragement as well because it's just crazy that the freshmen are getting this kind of content. So for my high school students, my college students, my young adults, it's young in the game, man. Take advantage of this type of content. Not only my podcast, but podcasts like Side Hustle Pro, uh, Daily Spark TV, um, and the list goes on. Dream and Drive, uh, Tiffany Stewart. I mean, there's so many others, and I guarantee I will be bringing more podcasters of color on this show so y'all can get exposed to more stuff that's going to enrich and empower your lives, okay? So I'm excited about that. So make sure also, 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 if you enjoy somebody's content or you see somebody doing a good job, don't just like the post. Comment. Send them an email. Share with them how it's impacted, how it's influenced you because you never know what can come out of it. Because there's something about being in this space. Sometimes people think you're at such a level that, oh, he probably gets a lot of blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Because, man, that stuff makes people day and that makes the content more real. And I just want to be able to reach out and touch that. So, Thank y'all so, so much for, and I know I just highlighted two people, but I get messages all the time via Twitter, via Instagram, via Facebook, via LinkedIn, encourage. And so I appreciate the nonstop positive feedback. Let's keep it going. Let's keep leaving these reviews. Let's subscribe to the channel. Let's let's get updates on the pod, on, on the conference, and let's keep it moving because this positive energy that I'm having. It's just so surreal, but I want to speak on that real quick. Before I get into the show and I tell you, we have a phenomenal, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying it just because I'm the host, but today's episode is one of the best episodes that I've ever recorded. It's the perfect balance between humor, information, story, and just like rawness, but not rawness in a random way, but rawness in just like a, a organic conversation that you can write down stuff, apply stuff, and just model some things after. So stay tuned for the interview. I mean, we're talking about natural hair. We're talking about plant-based diet. We're talking about in a year's time being able to, to go on TV like the Roland Martin Show or go to your news and get exposure in your blog after only being around for a year. How to make your skin pop. I mean, all this great stuff from one of the most up-and-coming wellness bloggers in her space. But before I get there, I want to say something because... It's crazy. If you look at your calendar right now, the year is almost over. <laughs> I mean, not the year is almost over, but the year has been flying past. It's already April. No, my bad. It's May now. It's crazy. It's May. And I feel like just yesterday, we just passed the new year. And I want to speak specifically for my guys or my, my women, my men, that it's May. You're looking at the calendar and you're like, yo, I'm not where I need to be. I haven't moved forward with my goals or where I need to go. I want to speak to you. And my only message before, because I know this ain't a motivational talk right now, this ain't a keynote, but I did, I, I'll be remiss because it's been in my spirit to share that it's okay. Like, it's okay you're not where you need to go. It's okay that you haven't said what, you, you haven't did what you said you was going to do. It's okay. All I'm asking you to do is forgive yourself right now at this moment. Like I said, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm asking you to forgive yourself at this moment, right now. And move forward. That's all I'm asking you to do. Forgive yourself for wherever you're at. Your shortcomings. The stuff the stuff you said you were going to do and you didn't do. The lies you told. The, the, the weight that you haven't lost. The money that you have not saved. 
the projects that you have not done, the books you have not wrote, the speeches you not haven't spoken, all that stuff. Forgive yourself and move forward and make these last, how many, six, seven months phenomenal. Don't worry about the first five. I don't care. They're done. It's done. It's finito. We're done. But make the rest of this year phenomenal. You still have time. So I'm challenging those. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but somebody that's listening on this line is not being the person that they needed to be this year. And I challenge you to forgive yourself and move forward because if you do not forgive yourself, it's going to be 2018 and you're still going to be stuck in the same place. And nobody that listens to the I Know The Trailblazer podcast will be stuck in the same place and I had anything to do with it because I want to live the same type of life and give the same type of energy where if you listen to me on a weekly basis, you're going to be on the next level, all right? That's it. We got to push each other forward. So if anything I can do or anything any of my guests can do, reach out to them. We're trying. That's why I'm building the conference. I really want to build a community of Trailblazer. Not to say there are not already communities out there, but I want to be the, the bridge to a community of trailblazers that are encouraging, nourishing, and empowering each other to change the culture. And I mean that with the soul of my heart. The soul of my heart. The soul of my heart. But enough of me. Let me get off that soapbox real quick and let me jump into the show. So, as I told you, this episode, we're turning a new leaf. Last couple weeks we had it. It's been kind of male dominated. It's been uh, my boy, Dr. Steven Nassab. It's been Justin Shaver, who delivered a phenomenal podcast last week. This week, I want to focus on a wellness blogger, a a person that communicates health issues, style, grace, healthy eating habits. She got me using a tongue scraper, man. All this stuff, man. I'm just pumped up. I'm going to read a snippet of her bio, and I'm going to let this show go. And I guarantee, call me a lie if I said this show ain't dope. I'm putting it out there. Call me a lie if you you think this show ain't going to be dope. I guarantee it's going to be a legendary one. So... She is a DC-based health communications consultant, a naturalista, and a blogger who is passionate about all things health and wellness. For most of her life, she has struggled with Graves' disease and most recently hypothyroidism. Since transitioning to a plant-based lifestyle in 2012, she's been able to successfully manage her condition. She hosts an amazing blog and efforts to help teach women how they can live a healthier lifestyle as well as become more knowledgeable, health-conscious consumers. Her content ranges for quick health tips to eco and green beauty reviews to plant-based recipes. She possesses a master's of public health nutrition, and she is a certified communicator in public health. She's been featured on the Roland Martin Show. She's been on the news. She's everywhere. And I guarantee in two to five years, she is going to be the sole dominant force of forces in the wellness space, the vegan space. She's not vegan yet. Let me take that back before I get crucified for the vegan people for Chelsea to jump on me real quick. But the plant-based space. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Chelsea Williams to the Minority Trouble Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you already know. You already know. It's a, it's a play- crazy house. Like circles run together. Because I was on Twitter, I think, uh, two weeks, a uh, week, two weeks ago, and I think it was Chastity Cooper, and y'all were having like a, a chat. Because I mean, Chastity, she does amazing things out in the DMV, and I'm like, all the cool people on this chat. I said, man, I got to reach out to like four or five of them because they're doing some amazing things. And I looked at your blog, your content, and it's just so different than than stuff that uh the people I've had on the show. And most importantly, it's real health conscious. And I think in this space, in this era, 
mirror, there's a lot of things that we can kind of discuss and really add a lot of value to our to the people that listen to the podcast. So I said, man, I have to have you on the show, and I'm glad you're here. Yes, I'm so excited. And I was telling Greg, it's funny, I was listening to the, uh, I listened to a few podcast episodes before he had invited me on the show. So when he reached out to me, I was super excited. I I uh, ran and told my friends, like, I'm going to be on the, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited. All right. So as normally, if you're new to this show, we always start the show off with a quote. So Miss Williams, Chelsea, please share us a quote that you love and give us a story about how you apply that quote to your everyday life. Wow. So this was a tough one, but I think right now the quote that I, I really love is by Layla Moore. Mm-hmm. And her the quote is, she remembered who she was and then the game changed. Ooh. Um, and it's, and it's twofold for me. It's mm-hmm. twofold because um, I'm a Christian and I'm a believer and in Romans eight twenty eight, it tells us that um, we know that uh, those who love God, um, all things work together for their good, uh, for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, and so, again, when you're going through trials and tribulations, you know that everything's going to work together for your good um, in the end. So it's almost like a fixed fight. Um, and then also, as far as staying true to yourself and to what you believe in, um, you know, what, it's easier for you to ebb and flow through life and and I think to build relationships and get opportunities and meet people, um, if you just stay true, true to who you are at all times. Um, I think as far as life, what I've experienced by doing that, um, it, I mean, so many different situations. I remember when I first went natural, <laughs> I went <laughs> three or four times because I was like, people were telling me, oh, why you, your hair is not, you know, you don't have the right type of texture hair. I don't know why you want to go natural. And family members weren't really that supportive. Um, and so I eventually I just went ahead and did what I felt like I wanted to do was the best for my life, of course. Mm-hmm. And then to my diet, you know, it's not as it's not a, a standard American diet. Um, and a lot of people don't understand it. Uh, so um, I but I feel healthier doing it. This is what helps me thrive. And so, yeah, those are just a couple examples. Yep. And I don't want to start, first of all, quoting scriptures on the quote. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, I don't want to jump. I don't know how to, how to, I don't know what's the term, um, the wheel before the car, whatever, but I just want to ask a couple questions before we even get into the show. Because I mean, while you were talking, I was thinking like, first, why is it such a divide? Like, why is it such a life altering decision when women choose to go natural? Like, why is it like, well, people have so much stuff to say? Like, I, I, I'm just trying to get into a, a woman's, a black woman's psyche on this, this whole juxtaposition. Yeah, well, I think it's, I think it's different for everyone. For me, um, I had never seen my natural hair. Mm. <laughs> never. Like, I think I got to relax when I was literally like two or three years old. Uh, so I don't know. I, I never, I didn't know what to expect. And then other people's opinions, projections, of course, on you. And then I think it's cultural as well. I remember um, I had a cousin who told me that when I come visit my grandmother, that I need to make sure my hair was straight so I didn't offend her. Mm. Um, so, I, <laughs> right. So I, I think it's just, again, fear, um, other people's opinion about what what the standard of beauty should be. Um but a lot of times people who the people who tell you not to do it are people who are not even natural. <laughs> they don't know. They can't even speak to, 
you know, you living the natural lifestyle and wearing your hair natural, but they've never worn their hair natural. So I really think it's projections of fear, honestly, something that they are too scared to do. Um, but what went through my mind, I was like, again, what is my hair going to look like? How do I take care of it? How am I going to look? And then eventually it was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it because I don't have the time to keep messing around with relaxers and weaves and all of that. And so yeah, those were some of my first thoughts. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So let's jump into the show. Can you tell our audience who have never heard of you, some of them that they have never heard and whatnot. So can you just fill us in on kind of who you are and, and where you come from and like, yeah, that whole story, your backdrop story before um, reviewing stuff, before wellness blogging, before all of that. Tell us who you are and where you're from. Well, I am an only child uh-huh. from from Hagerstown, Maryland. This is a small rural town um, way outside of the DMV, almost in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Come from a military family. Both of my parents were in the Air Force. Uh, lots of lots of discipline in my family, which is another <laughs> reason why the natural thing is, you know, kind of frowned upon. Um, I'm a former student athlete. Um, so I played basketball in high school and in college. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also an artist. So in undergrad, I studied um, graphic design and advertising. Oh. And I can draw and paint and you pretty much you name it, any art form. I can do it, photography, all of that. Um, and um, that's kind of, yeah, that's, I mean, it's the background of me. I think, um, how can I kind of try? I'll tell you how the, oh, I got all started. So I got really sick. So in middle school, I was diagnosed with, uh, with hyperthyroidism Mm -hmm. and, and, um, I had that most of my life and then I turned into hypothyroidism. So throughout college, I was looking for ways to kind of eat healthier, like off and on, but I wasn't completely, um, like had given up meat or anything Mm -hmm. like that. A quick question. Could you explain to artists real quick what hypothyroidism is? So, okay. So yeah. So first hyperthyroidism is when you have an overactive thyroid. So everyone has a thyroid gland and it regulates um, your, your metabolism. Um, it's, it's a hormone, it's an autoimmune disorder. Mm-hmm. So when you produce too much thyroid hormone, you can eat and eat and eat and you lose weight. You're tired all the time. Wow. You know, your skin changes. Um, it's chronic fatigue. When you have endocrine, it's an endocrine disorder. Disorder. Mm-hmm. So you have um, heart palpitations. So your heart beats really, really fast, um, just at random times. And you have like enlarged eyes. And there's actually a few celebrities that have this. Um, I believe Missy Elliott had it. Um, Countess Vaughn, um, she she had it as well. Um, so now um, I have high, my thyroid spun out of control. So I actually had to have my thyroid gland removed. Oh, so wow. I have. Therefore, hypothyroidism. So that's the opposite symptoms. Again, still the fatigue, but you experience lots of hair loss. I mean, chronic fatigue where you're always tired and cold all the time. And some of the symptoms um, mimic clinical depression. Mm. And it's really hard for you to lose weight. So I could work out. I could eat right. And it, and I, I would, it'd be hard for me to lose weight. So wow. um, at that time, being a student athlete, I was like, well, how can I, <laughs> you know, <increase> <laughs> still look the way I want to look and, and all that. So um, that's when I kind of started getting to just being healthier, I would say. Uh, but at that time, I so then after college, so that's when the, see, the seed was first planted then. Okay. And 
So, so then after college, um, I never found a job in graphic design. I had started my, my uh, business um, where I was making logos and I really didn't like it. So I shut that down. Mm-hmm. And then I started working um, in a, uh, at a pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. So I was working with a lot of patients who had MS and Crohn's disease. Oh, okay. And at that time, I, they were calling in trying to get uh, financial assistance for their medication and I was like, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way to, to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's when I decided to, to, to pursue my master's um, in nutrition. Okay. 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 So the master's in nutrition because of that. So were you working while pursuing the master's in nutrition or school full time? No, I did both. So I left the pharmaceutical company and worked for an institutional review board. And what that is, is a board that reviews the, uh, make sure the studies are ethical when operating properly and, and all that. Basically, they run clinical trials. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. at that time, I pursued my master's full time and I um, worked full time. So, okay. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So explain kind of the audience where your transition into the whole, the wellness blogging space. Because because um, how long have you been in the blogging space? Not long. So I, I started my blog um, just over a year ago. So I started in January 2016. Mm-hmm. So about a year and four months. And okay. I, I started blogging because I felt like there was nobody online who was really um, talking about that. The things that I was talking about that looked like me. Um, so I said, I am going to share my story. And um, so I just really started sharing the things that I like, some things that I discovered about um, living with this disease and um, also about plant based diet. And I said, I just want to I think it's so important that we share our story. So I just said, I'm going to put myself out there. And um, I've had a great response so far, which is so surprised about. So, yeah. nah. So before like before you started blogging and whatnot did you kind of share your story with friends or whatnot like what gave you the courage to go out there but also before you even bought the domain name was there any courses were there any people that you modeled because when i look at your site it doesn't have the 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 aura of a site that's only been around a year like the way and of course that goes a little bit to your background in, in graphic design and art so i know you're familiar with what looks good to the eye and whatnot but i just think the way it's been rolled out and on social media and also the display of it is well beyond his years so kind of take us through the process of a building up that confidence to tell your story and also put it online, but then be the preparation, like what the preparation looked like as far as putting it out there in a representable way. Yeah. Wow. So there are lots of people that I, that I followed and, and modeled and looked after. Um, so from the beginning, when I bought the domain name, I didn't think that I was going to use it for this wellness blog. I mm-hmm. wanted it to be a portfolio of my artistic work mm-hmm. um, and just whatever I was doing, almost like an online portfolio. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll say that I kind of got, I got the courage to do it because I felt like Hey, I don't have anyone that I can really look to that's do talk covering an array of issues. Mm-hmm. So for, I'll say this: um, one of the first people that I did see online was Chef Aki, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's a plant-based chef. Okay. So I started looking at some of her recipes and um, 
and things like that. And so I just started sharing kind of like on Tumblr, mm-hmm. like, and then, um, there was another person, her name is Natasha James. She makes, she makes raw vegan, um, treats. Her name is raw cells on social media. Raw okay. cells. So I started watching them and I was like, wow, they're kind of like making these really artsy, colorful plates. And I was like, yo, I need to make something that's very, <laughs> very. So then I started following chef Lauren Vanderpool. Her name is Queen of Green. And she has prepared food for Common, Venus and Serena Williams. Um, she's a huge celebrity raw vegan chef. So I knew that when I looked at their food, I was like, this is almost unattainable. I'm not there yet in my mm-hmm. journey. Right? So I wanted to provide a platform that had a mix of both, that had a mix of simple recipes and then some some simple, uh, some sort of elevated recipes. And then just as far as um, best practices for blogging, Maddie James from Maddieology. Oh, yep. Maddie, shout out to Maddieology. Shout out to Maya Elias. Had a yes, shout out yes, to her too. Yes, both her and Maya. I started watching them online on Twitter and watching them. Before I even launched my blog, I was watching their Periscope videos. I was just following everything they were doing, really. It was like, wow. And I'm not a fashion blogger. I'm not an infopreneur. But they still have some really good tips about just how you should automate your content and how you should present your content. And they really, really influenced the way I, I do things on my on my blog. Um I'm trying to think who else maybe have this influenced me. And also I'm in the um the green not just um with food, but I'm in the green beauty industry as well. Mm-hmm. Because I do have an endocrine disorder, I cannot use uh products that have endocrine disruptors in it. So I can't use the traditional cleaning products or makeup. I can't go to MAC and buy the makeup because they have ingredients wow. that um don't that impact my health and impact everyone's health, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But um so there were some green beauty bloggers on that space. Um, one of them is called um, The Organic Bunny, Amanda Jo. Uh, she has helped me a lot. She was actually kind of brought me under her wing like from the beginning as soon as I launched my blog because she was like, hey, there's no women of color talking about healthy cosmetics. Why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? So she gave me some tips too. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those, you know, and combined and kind of watching others and then also putting my own spin into it, again, me having a graphic background and um, – a lot of it too is um, my read. I don't want to say follows my readers. Mm-hmm. They also gave me some helpful tips too, or they kind of uh, st- help structure the blog. So whenever someone sends me a request, I really try to put a blog post up about what they're asking. So a lot of the content comes from people reaching out to me or me just seeing people's health behaviors online. Mm. Like I wrote. A- wrote a post um, called It's Not You, It's Your Cereal Cereal to talk about how bad cereal really is for you, especially some of these commercial cereals. And I was able to do that because I was once a cereal eater. So I pulled not only from my past, but I saw all these people online saying, oh, I'm, I'm getting snatched for summertime. Let me go get this special <laughs> cake. <laughs> and a baggie. I'm doing this. And I'm like, special cake is killing you, girl. Like, So then that's when I wrote the post. So I think I just have drawn from my own childhood and the way I used to do things and then also watching how others 
um, what they do online as well. Man, there's so there's so much to to unpack there as far as a being before you even started really not only finding one benchmark but finding many benchmarks in your industry in your space that are and outside of the space too to kind of get like to, to see how it's done and i tell a lot of people they want to jump into stuff but if you spend maybe a couple months i don't, I don't i'm not telling you spend years but spend a couple months really it just just inversed into other people's content seeing how they pose looking at the layouts and everything else that can give you a, a good inclination on what works and what doesn't work and yep. I, I think that's very valuable, as well as using yeah. using your own experiences, your audience experiences to kind of lead and kind of shape that conversation. And this is where I want to kind of take it. I want to kind of take it. Well, I want to talk about the plant based diet first, and I have a series of things that I want to want to gauge about that. Then we're going to talk about self care and wellness in that in a, in a special in a section. Then I definitely want to hone in deeper into how you've been able to obtain exposure, because I mean, I've only been out a year, you've been on. TV, Roland Martin. I mean, you've been doing, getting a lot of great placements. So I'm like, what in the world? So I know a lot of people that's probably been grinding forever. They probably be like, how in this world? So I want to talk about that. And then last but not least, I want to have a, a kind of real discussion and dialogue about the beauty it's itself because I work in the school system and I think for young adults, but definitely our middle school and high school students, man, the beauty issue and the the, the proliferation of online uh, people in that space to kind of set this profile. But we're going to get that in a second. But now let's jump into plant based diet. Like walk us through what that really is, what that looks like, because I know a lot of people listening, like how does somebody survive and live with a plant-based <laughs> diet. So kind of walk us through that your whole, first of all, your transition to it. My, okay. So I started transition. I started my actual transition around 2011, 2011, 2012 ish. Um, and at that time, it was around the same time I went natural for like the third time when I said, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> and so around, around that same time, I, I had to have my thyroid removed. Right. So then I was hypothyroid. Um, and I started looking online, trying to find ways that I could heal myself naturally, how I feel better because I have to live with this for the rest of my life. And I want to have, uh, I want to just thrive with it. I don't want my diagnosis to limit me. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking online and I'm watching all these different, um, documentaries. I'm watching forks over knives, food, forks over knives. Yep. Yeah. Forks over food, ink, bananas, talking about the pesticide people, um, I guess dole, had um, their workers were spraying pesticides on all these bananas and on and all the workers became sterile. And I'm like, what is going on with our food industry? So once I started um, doing that, I was like, oh man, it was almost natural. I was like, I don't want to eat this. It's almost like you go to the grocery store and you get mad. Like, well, what can I eat? Because I'm, I'm not eating this. I'm not. So, and then I started watching about, you know, milk and what people were breaking it down, the steroids and the, and the cows and the milk. I just was like, I'm done with it. So, um, at first I gave up, I never really was a big pork eater. Mm-hmm. So I gave up pork and I gave up beef. Um, and then I gave up chicken and turkey and then fish was the last to go. Wow. Um, so it was a transition. Um, it took time. It, I probably, so I was vegetarian. Well, I still am technically vegetarian because and we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I stopped eating meat and dairy and it's been about a year now, about just over a year. No, no one my blog is about a year, over a year. So it's been two years now, two years. Um, prior to that, I was a vegetarian. So, um, well, you know what I mean? Prior to that, I was eating cheese and eggs and stuff like that. Because there's a difference between being a vegetarian and plant-based? 
Well, so technically, if you are a vegetarian, you can say that you are plant based. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where the terms get confusing. So plant based is basically just your diet is focused around whole plant foods like fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, seeds, um, and the you eliminate meat. Um, but some people who are plant based do eat dairy. So if that's where it, the the fine mm. line is now. I say I say that I'm plant based because veganism, which a lot of people don't know, is really deeply rooted in animal rights and animal activism. And it involves more than just your diet. It involves politics, ethics. and, And I am not as well versed in that aspect of veganism. So I don't like to say vegan all the time. I'll say a meal is vegan, but I don't like to call myself vegan because I still have products that are not vegan like some of my beauty products still have honey in them even though i go to try i try to make sure that they're ethically sourced um some of my products still and i still have products that i still own that i have purchased from years ago that are leather now i don't i don't buy leather anymore and i don't buy wool and things like that but um i know that i still have those things around me so i don't think i'm at the level yet to say vegan, because when you once you put the stamp on, you say I'm vegan. The vegan community will come out <laughs> if you. They will come for you. Walk out with a leather coat or a chinchilla. They like what? They will come for you. Or even if you just use something that has honey, if you use something that has honey, it's very. I'm telling you, it's very rooted in animal activism, and um, so that's why I say plant based because I don't want to offend anyone who's vegan who is really committed mm-hmm. to the vegan lifestyle. That's because um, it's more vegan is just is more than your diet. Um, people really need to to understand that. So when someone says they're going vegan for tw- you know six weeks so they can get right for the summer, for <laughs> for some vegans that's very offensive because you're like, oh, so for you know you're still but you're wearing a coach bag but you're going vegan. You know what I mean? So that's why I say plant based. So that's those are the the primary differences. But um, I do not eat meat and I do not eat dairy. Um, so I'm plant based. So how do you get your protein? Because I know a lot of people ask, especially because I, I asked my class, like I said, yo, I'm interviewing this person and looked at your website. They was like, so where does she get her protein at? Like, how is she surviving? So break us down. Like, where do you get your protein? Where do you get your idiot? Like, yeah. Plant, and this is a misconception. Plants have protein. Plant, I'm saying loud one more time. <laughs> Plants have protein. So mushrooms, uh, sprouts, uh, quinoa, beans. Sometimes I eat soy, fermented soy and tempeh. Um, I mean, gosh, there's so many pro- chickpeas. Chickpeas is like a staple in my diet, um, which I featured on, on the Roland Martin show. Chickpeas, um, chia seeds. I mean, there's nuts, seeds, sprouts, legumes, um, lentils. All of those have protein. Mm. Uh, peas, pea protein. So I use a... Um, because I'm like on a fitness journey right now. So I use um, like a protein supplement and it's made from pea protein, which is one of the most highly easily digestible protein sources out there. Um, it's so good for you. So I, I know someone's probably going to be frowning their face up when they're like, pea protein. <laughs> pea protein, what? You really can't even taste the pea flavor, though. It's just it, it's it's easy for your body to make use of it. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. Pea protein. Uh, you talking about like peas or pea protein? <laughs> No, P P E A, like the green little. Oh, okay, uh, okay. I was like, I was like, somebody... <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, peas. So um, those are my those are my primary sources. And um, kale, kale has like more protein. People don't realize kale has more protein than a steak. <laughs> so um, wow. 
kale, kale is big. That's why you see a lot of veggie heads with going to their market and taking pictures with kale and kale on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. So, so, why, so if you had to share like the main misconceptions um, of it, what would you say they are? Of of eating this way or of... Of eating this way, like of eating uh-huh. a plant-based diet. Because I ain't gonna lie, because when I think of a plant-based diet, I think of somebody this uber smart, this uber like skinny that is like really, like really herbed out. And it just, I have, and I know many of us is listening right now can feel me, they have this image of what it looks like. And I think that hurts, that, that, that stops a lot of us for even thinking that we could even be on that level. Because in my head, I'm like, I couldn't even get to your level as far as you just went down the whole pea, um, the whole like green leaf discovery. I've never even heard of some of the stuff you said. So it's like, I'm like, do I have to read a dictionary to start a plant-based diet? Like I'm just, it's so intimidating. So please like demystify it a little bit. No, you know what? And that I went through those same thoughts when I first started. Because number one, um, being that I have hypothyroidism, I'm not skinny, right? I'm a, I'm, first of all, I'm six one. Oh, and I am I'm thick, okay? I'm not like out here real skinny, small. So um, I thought, wow, am I going to fit the mold? Like I thought this to myself, am I going, if I put myself out there as a blogger or saying that I eat this way, <laughs> people going to take me seriously because I don't look like the quote unquote commercial or traditional vegan or vegetarian. Um, but no, it's it's not hard. I think the biggest misconception is that you there has to, you have to have a certain look that it, it uh, the big misconception is that um it's expensive mm-hmm. right? people are you're doing too much you don't need to you don't need to um there, there's a certain way that you can eat to cut costs for a plant based diet one is um when you're making your smoothies and things like that you you buy frozen fruit and stuff you can, you don't have to eat fresh now I, ideally you want to eat fresh right mm-hmm. but you can't eat fresh all the time. And the good thing about going to get like frozen uh, fruits and vegetables that they're flash frozen. So you're actually gaining a lot of the nutrients. They're, they're basically frozen in time. And I like, I like to say. <laughs> frozen in time. And you're getting the nutrients um, still when you're getting some of that stuff. Um, and I think that people too think that it's really complicated. It's not. It's sim- they're very simple foods. You don't have to make... Um, like what you see, like when you see some of these vegan and vegetarian chefs, they're making some like crazy dishes. No, I honestly, um, I eat a lot of bowls. So I'll put quinoa. And, and the good thing about bowls is that they're very simple. You can just, I put quinoa, I put my avocado in there, my tomatoes, my chick, chickpeas, whatever I want and put my little special sauce on it. And I'm, I go out my day. I take my bowl with me to lunch. Um, and as you start over time too, it's like, you start to follow other people and you start to see what they're doing and you start researching your ingredients and you start figuring out the flavor profiles that you like. Um, and I, that's another thing too, is that I think that people are like, well, going um, vegan or vegetarian doesn't taste good. Well, you're, over time, your palate changes. So when mm. you start real food, less processed food, you, you're, you start to develop a taste for those natural, more whole foods. Um, so I think those are some of the biggest misconceptions. Wow, you hit on a couple things. It's crazy. It brings me back to the I Dream of Gyro. I was watching that, that sushi um, movie, and they said that the reason why like, it's hard to know or to really taste the subtle differences in fine dining if you've never had fine dining before, like if your palate's not adjusted to that, you're not. Oh, this is just regular stuff. But as you as you eat more stuff of that of that nature, 
you your your I I I never knew that your palate can change. I mean, I'm just a burger, uh, steak, uh, chicken guy, and and that, what you're saying is kind of news to me. There, I thought your palate I didn't know that changed. Yeah, did so. <laughs> it, it's just crazy because you know your taste buds go through a cycle. So your tongue, your tongue actually changes. Your palate actually changes. So, um, yeah, I know. And that's another thing, too, is that people ask me, well, how do you not uh, cheat on your diet or how do you yep. not mm-hmm. eat certain yeah. foods? And I'm like, because, number one, it doesn't taste good to me anymore. And number two, I know I'm going to be sick <laughs> if I eat it. Your your whole body changes after a while. I remember when I first started, um, when I first went vegetarian and I was vegetarian for probably like four or five months. I hadn't eaten any meat. And then 4th of July rolled around and it was mm-hmm. a cookout and I ate a hot dog because I was like, there was nothing else there to eat. And I was like, I want this hot dog. I don't care. So out of everything. Out you out ain't everything. ate nothing in four months and that's the best you can come up with, Chelsea? Hot dog. I know. I messed up. I messed up. And when I ate that hot dog, I was so, when I tell you I was so sick, I was like, oh no, I'm never again. Never am I eating meat again. And that kind of, <laughs> that kind of did it for me because, um, yeah, my stomach was on fire. So, <laughs> but the thing yeah. is. How do you, so how do you move, how do you move in spaces now? Cause you, cause like you go to a lot of conferences, you, mm-hmm. you're in a lot of different spaces. So now, like when you go out to restaurants, you go out to eat where you're with friends, where you're with family, 4th of July, Christmas, Thanksgiving, are you just on the sideline just looking sick? <laughs> no, you know, one thing is too, so I always have snacks and my, I always, when Beyonce came out with that, uh, what's, what's all, this was formation when she said, I keep hot sauce in my bag yeah. swag. I kept putting on social media. I got my vegan snacks in my bag swag because I don't get caught anywhere without a snack because I'm not going to fail. You're not going to set me up to eat something that's going to make me feel sick. So that's number one. Number two is when I go out to eat, I ask. I ask for substitutions. I don't. I try not to go to too many places that don't have options. Um, and then when I'm around family or on holidays, I like to bring my dishes and kind of expose them to some dishes that are meat free and dairy free that can, um, that they'll like. And, um, a lot of my, um, now, now a lot of my family and friends support me. So when I, they're going to have a function, they ask me, Hey, what can you eat? What can you eat? So I can make sure I have it here for you. So they've been very supportive. Um, so I think that's really important is to have a tribe of people around you that are going to support you in whatever your pursuits are. And um, your diet is one. Your diet is one. So yeah. uh, it's, it, it hasn't been as hard and difficult. And with conferences, that's where those snacks come into. But I do call and ask before I go. Love that. And before we jump into self-care, I still got a couple more questions on this plant-based diet. However, you were getting somewhere and I don't think I've ever asked it on this podcast and it's kind of jump into our real rap session. But since you kind of already said it, you had a lot of anxiety when you first started because you didn't look the part in a sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest. I think there's a lot of people that, that are, that they kind of go, don't really put their, even if they started something, don't put it all the way out because maybe don't look a certain way because I mean, you look at certain, certain blogs or whatnot, people may I don't know how to say it tactfully, but you know, American society has our own perception of beauty. Let's put it out there like that. And I think it's, it's, it's hard for some people to be, want to be the face of their brand when by some standards they may be overweight, by some standards they might look a certain way. And I think there's a little bit apprehension. So can you tell, can you, can you speak to that person out there that 
is feeling kind of um self-conscious of the fact that, man, I, I, I may not be somebody else's perception of whatever I'm trying to present. How can I, how can I have that confidence to still put myself out there in that space and in, in, in that? Because I mean, it, yeah, that's, 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 it's kind of always been on my head. Yeah. You really have to know again, remember how I said that quote in the beginning, you have to remember who you are and that, Somebody out there is going to resonate with what you're saying, what you look like, who you are. It's really not about that, right? It's really not about other people's thoughts, but someone out there is going to be like, wow, you were just the person I was looking for. You were just the person I wished that would that was available to me to talk to or that I could consult with or look up to. I mean, I'm just, I, and I felt the same way. I got to the point where I was like, I'm so tired of people with these same look, the same dark hair, the same color lipstick, the same this, the same that. And I'm like, you just, you have to be you because when, when you be you and you put yourself out there, when you don't do that, you're not really stepping into, you, you can prevent yourself from stepping into your purpose, right? You can, and so I would just encourage you to step out, be brazen. Don't be scared to do it. Um, because again, someone out there needs the information that you have. So whether, it doesn't matter what type of blogger, if you're a wellness blogger, if you're a beauty blogger or, um, whatever, infopreneur, someone needs the information that you have to, to share. And you're really doing them a disservice when you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, that's kind of what I would, would say. Um, no, I think that's, you hit it right on the head. I think that's, that's perfect. Keeping the focus on that. Like somebody needs what you, somebody, it's billions billions of people in this world. There's a tribe of yours that's looking for a leader like you. And I, but I I will say one counterpart as we, as we move on that, uh, to something, something different. It is, it's like it easy, it is easy for Beyonce and the Sierras of the world to say stuff like that. And some may say it may be easy for you as well because you, 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 it, you don't might not fit the profile, but you like I said, you're you look good though. You have you have the hair, you got that. You, you, so it's like it's easy for a certain women to say that, but I, I always think in my head it's like, man, it's easier said than done. When say if you don't look the profile, say if you wanted to talk about dieting or something like that, but it's like, yo, shoot, I don't know. But I think as long as you are comfortable in realizing of your value and and really believing to the core that your information one has value, but two. That somebody like believing that somebody is somebody needs a leader like you. Yeah, they do. And the thing is, with especially when you're in the health world, healthy looks different on everybody. Ooh, say that again. That's a that's a t-shirt right there. That's a slogan. That's a pillow. How healthy looks different on everybody. Healthy for me, you don't know what somebody's going through behind. Like if I didn't tell you guys that I had Graves' disease or whatever, you would not know that unless you personally knew me and knew what I was going through and was with me on a daily basis. So um, you just have to put yourself out there and don't be scared to do so. Like just because, like example, I, I don't have abs, but I don't eat meat, so it's, I'm not a fitness guru. It's okay, <laughs> okay, not to have abs. Like it's okay. Um, this life is so short, and if you just if you're sitting here living in fear, like you're you're not only doing your audience um, a disservice, but you're doing yourself a disservice too. You're not living into your full potential. Boom, boom. That's the title of the podcast already. Healthy doesn't look the same for everybody. I already got to thank you for providing me that. So as we as we transition to self care. Um, let's talk. Oh, my bad. Is does plant based? Is this go under the, the plant based diet or self care? As far as does plant based have any kind of benefit or detriment to your hair and skin? Because did it change a little bit? 
Yeah, it definitely did. And that's the thing is, too, is that living with um, endocrine disorder, you can experience a lot of hair loss. And ever since I changed my diet, my hair, my hair has never been this long in my life ever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's thicker, it's healthier, um, shinier. Definitely the texture of my hair, I think, has changed, too, because I used to have like really um, one of the things when you have an endocrine disorder, your hair gets really like hard. It gets Mm -hmm. very, I mean, not coarse, but hard. So I think my hair is softened um, a lot more. Um, and then I used to have um, like lighter hair, which is so odd. But over time, as I changed my diet, my hair actually got darker. So my hair is like black. I know I don't know if that's weird. I don't know <laughs> if that's reflective of what I how I eat. Or, but I definitely think my skin is is more balanced too. Uh, it's more even skin tone. So it definitely has some some good benefits. And then you know plants have a lot of collagen in the plant collagen when you're eating a lot of collagen all the time which is also good for healthy hair and skin and nails and all of that so great 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 so as we transition to self-care 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 uh my first question is the term self-care and you know it gets thrown out a lot self-care have self-care have self-care but from your perspective how would you describe what self-care really is I would say it's doing things consistently that make you feel good and avoiding those things that don't make you feel good. I mean, it's as simple as that. So um, if you I know I'm not a clubber. If I go out to the club, I know I'm not going to feel good the next day. I don't like to go to the club. I'm going to be cranky. I don't like (laughs) if I I eat meat, I know I'm not going to feel good. My stomach's going to hurt. If I feel like I'm living a hurried, rushed lifestyle and I can't do the things I need to do. Like I know, um, like I recently started running um, within the past maybe six, seven months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know if I don't exercise throughout the day now because I've started this habit, I'm not going to feel good. So um, that's one of the things I did talk about briefly on Instagram is that I started a new, um, I started a new job. And uh, one of the things I negotiated was a longer lunch so that I could go out in the middle of the day and go run or go exercise or do what I need to do so that I could not only feel better, but perform better at work. Um, So it's really just creating um, just creating a schedule or habits that make you perform your best and feel your best every day. I love that. I love that. And what what were some few tips or a few things that you would kind of share with our audience to kind of have a more happy, vibrant, and like positive life? Because the reason why I ask that, I, there's certain people that you're around that just have like that different energy, that different zest, and some it's like it's this moxie about them. So mm-hmm. I know as a, as a wellness blogger, as somebody that's in has been in this wellness self care and just I don't know what to call it type of space. Will be some, some maybe some products, some things, some books. I don't know, whatever to kind of just have that extra bounce to you. Um. Well, I know that's kind of it's it's it's, it's direct, <laughs> but it's kind of broad too. Huh. Some books or some products. I know um, a book that I re- that I really liked was Emotional Wellness by Osho. It's a really really good book. Or um. It's just, it talks about what is exactly emotional wellness. And um, it's basically um, trans- how to transform, you know, fear and all these negative energies into something positive. So that, that's a book that really helped me. Um, I'm very, uh, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my, you know, so uh, that, that, that was a book that helped me. Um, wow, something else. If you are transitioning to a plant-based lifestyle, iron intake is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take a 
I take two tablespoons of blackstrap molasses every day in the morning to get my iron intake. And that helps me with my energy levels. Um, I think exercise is important, getting out every day. I'm trying to think of some other things that I incorporate into my regimen. Um, tongue scraper. Oh, yes. Oh, my. <laughs> I got so many. That's the first thing I do in the morning. So, t- <laughs> uh-huh. go ahead. I'm listening. I'm listening because I just, I, I remember I reading the blog and I saw, I was like, tongue, what is a tongue scraper? Like, what is that? Like, it, and it sounds like something I need in my life. Now, after reading the blog, I feel shameful when I'm at, when I, when I brush my teeth. I'm like, yo, I don't got no tongue scraper. Like, my mouth is just like, oh, you shame me on that blog. I, I'm, I'm mad I even read it now. Yeah, no, I, in the morning, so, so tongues, so the tongue craving is important. So whenever you wake up, whenever you go to sleep and you wake up and you have that morning breath, it's actually bacteria on your tongue and in your mouth. And if you don't scrape that film off your mouth on a daily basis or a regular basis, um, ultimately that leads to bad breath. Um, and then it impacts your ability to taste food. Um, and, and so anyway, when you tongue, when you, um, tongue scrape, um, it also, it actually helps to expel toxins and it helps you to, um, get your kind of your digestive, it's it's an Ayurvedic treatment to kind of get your digestive system rolling and moving. So it gently stimulates your um, internal organs. So you just literally, you just take a, I have a, t- a copper tongue scraper and I literally just, when I wait after I, before I brush my teeth, I just take this tongue scraper and lightly move it over your tongue and remove that film. Um, and then I go ahead and, and brush my teeth. And it's so, and, and it's crazy how much energy you get just from um, tongue scraping <laughs> because your body, like I said, your organs are kind of being uh, stimulated. So it's almost like a wake up. It's like, all right, let me just wake up and scrape my tongue. And, and that was, that was, a we- I hesitated on putting that post out too. Cause I thought, I know the black community was going to be like, what, what is this? What, what are you, you're doing what you're doing what? But then people were like, Whoa, I, di- I just looked at my tongue and it's white. Ew. How can I get one? Like, <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely in my uh, dental routine. Um, and it helps you with your cavities too. So it helps you with your teeth and it's just simple, little simple. I'll tell you when you live a, a natural lifestyle, it's crazy what the simple things will do to improve your health. Yeah, and I'm, I, after the show, I'll definitely make sure too, if you're thinking about having, get, buying a tongue scraper, go to that's, that's Chelsea.com, right? Yeah. You can go to that's Chelsea.com and just. Order on the store. Order on the store. Order on her store, and I'm gonna make sure I order on your store. I'm I, seriously right after this call, I'm ordering it because now I'm like so self conscious right now because I do the I do the back of the little um the toothbrush thing, but I'm yeah. like, man, they don't be getting what I need to get. It just it just, it just it doesn't. It doesn't. And the thing is, um, even when you get that quote unquote tongue brush, that doesn't get it. This you need a scraper. You need a scraper. I want everybody listen to this. Go look in the mirror and look at your tongue. If your tongue is white. You need to get you a two dollar tongue scraper. <laughs> so, yep, 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 yep. So, uh, that's some that's some great, great stuff. Also, too, since we're since we're here, and you look, it is crazy. I'm now I'm profiling you, but you look like a person that knows how to like just as far as skin and having that because I don't know. Maybe I'm a male, but there's some, and I know women, they put a lot of fragrances, a lot of lotions on there, but lotions on their body. But some people just have that natural organic, like this smell good, like their skin is just vibrant. Is there any tips for the men out there that outside of just having lotion? Cause I've been, I mean, I got good lotion, but I'm mm-hmm. like, is this something more natural, organic that I can have just to kind of have that, have that, 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 that glow outside of like cologne? Some, uh, well, I would say some, some whipped, it's just whipped shea butter. Um, whipped shea that butter. will help your skin. 
some people don't avoid shea butter because it's kind of hard, but if you get the whipped kind, oh my goodness. So usually it's mixed with like coconut oil or sweet almond oil or avocado oil. Those oils will have your skin together. <laughs> um, but then I don't want to smell all coconutty though. That's my only thing. Cause it's like. I smell coconutty. Um, but there's, for men, there is a company called Good Medicine um, and they sell like unisex uh like natural quote unquote natural perfume they are natural but uh natural sprays and fragrances and things like that so um i would try them and then i'm going to look up the other company for men i can't remember the top of my head but for the women tisla organics so it's spelled t-s-i-l-a organics they um they sell natural um fragrances as well it's like one of my favorite perfumes to wear it's made from like flower extracts and, and plants it's a plant-based perfume um okay hello actually here goes the company for the men one second it is it's all oh, here, good. here it is in, it's, <laughs> village commons village commons they make spray uh cologne for men and it's all natural Wow. So first of all, all these all these links will be in the show notes. So thank you for dropping all these jewels. I know my people are going to be just typing away, typing away for that. So um, let's let's transition to getting exposure. Like I said, you've only been in the blog game for a year, really, in the space. But you've been able to get some very, very great media placements um, in general. So how have you been able to kind of get that get that type of exposure? Because I know a lot of people out here that are listening. They have their own blogs. They have their own uh, profiles and they're like, golly, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. You've been able to, so how, like, what's your strategy on, on getting there? Wow. So to be honest, as far as my, my TV appearances, the producers came to me, they, they, I'll say this with Instagram. Um, please don't be, don't turn your nose up about, about answering DMS. I know people are like, don't DM me in their bios. Like don't DM me, email me only. Well, you're closing yourself off to a lot of opportunities because a lot of these media professionals, they don't have time to sit and draft up a, a well thought out email to you. It's like, Hey, we, we, I think you could, would be great on this segment. Are you interested? If so, here's my info. Like people are missing stuff because they're not checking their DMS um, or they're closing themselves off or they turn their DMS off to their Insta stories. Um, which is really important because I, both of my TV appearances that I had recently came from a direct message on Instagram. Mm. Wow. So I, I would, yeah. So through I would the, say through that, the DM, through the DM, because I, I didn't think it was legitimate. Because I was on vacation back in my first for my first appearance. Oh, I was on vacation in March, like late February, early March, and the, one of the producers DM'd me, and I was like, mm, I don't know. He only has like twelve pictures on his Instagram. They were they were segment pictures, but I was like, I don't know if he's trying to scam me. And, <laughs> He, I said, well, here's, he sent me his email and it had, uh, I think it was WJLA, WJLA or it had the appropriate ending. And I was like, I still, I still didn't believe it. I was like, okay. So then he followed back up with me via DM and said, Hey, I haven't heard from you. You haven't emailed me. Are you still interested or let me know? So then I was like, Oh, okay. So then I really went and looked him up and I was like, Oh, he's, he's actually working for the station. Let me email him right now. Like, then I started to panic. Like, Oh my gosh. Am I looking like I'm not responsive? Like, <laughs> like what do I need to do? So, um, but yeah, I, I, ever after that though, um, what I did do is go through 
um, producers on Instagram. So a lot of producers in your area, whatever the station is, their Instagram handle will start with producer underscore such and such or mm. producer will somehow be. So I went through after that and I went through every producer basically in the DMV and was like, hey, I was just recently on Good Morning Washington. I think I could come present this to your audience over here on whatever, maybe news, um, Fox 5, Good Morning, DC or whatever. Um, so that got some response as well. So I would try that. Uh, shoot your shot. But I sent them an email. Um, good. Another good tip is that um, I use Streak CRM. Streak CRM mm-hmm. which is um, a Google plugin that you can use in Chrome. So on your Chrome browser. Um, and you can actually track when people open your emails, when they read it, when where they read it at, what city and state they were in, whether or not they used a mobile device or a desktop. They, you, it tells you everything. It tells you What's it, what is that called again? It's called Streak. S-T-E-A-K-C-R-M. It's free. And you track your emails that way. So that helps you with your follow-up because follow-up is so important when you're trying to get on um, these placements. Um, and you want to make sure people received things. So if I see someone hasn't received something in a few days or they haven't opened it in a few days, I will send them a follow-up or I will DM them or say, hey, I sent you this three days ago. Just want to confirm you received it. I didn't get a response from you, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that that really, really helps. Nah, um, what'd you say? No, I'm saying no, nah, you're, you're real because all I know is, I, I know because I'm horrible Sometimes the communication, it, it tells me after, if I didn't respond her day, she's like, she would form me, but like, Mr. Hill, so it's funny, I just live into it. I was on Greg, but, but I do that, it's, and it's not, and, and don't take it personally. No, that's it's, good though, that's it, good. It really helps you because it helps you keep track of what you, you can go in and put little actions for yourself. It's a really helpful tool. Um, another thing, I, I, another thing is, I cannot say this enough, um, or emphasize this enough, you have to have some type of kit, a press kit. It doesn't matter what size blogger you are, because I'm not really a huge blogger. Like I don't have, I'm not, I'm not at 10,000 followers, but I still able to get big campaigns because I know my numbers. And that's something that I learned from um, Maddie um, is to get that kit together because that kit not just helps you when people, because uh, sometimes people will come to you and they'll ask you for something, but you can counter with your, your numbers. So with your analytics, when I say your numbers, I mean your analytics. So how many unique page views do you have? Um, who is your audience? What is your target audience? What are you trying to promote? What What is your mission? Do you have a mission and vision for your site? Because that keeps you consistent. So you send them um, your, your kit, which may sound basic, but um, that helps you negotiate. Because I had a, I had a brand who um, reached out to me and they wanted me to do something for free. And I kind of was like, well, this is what my rates are. Take a look. And they were like, well, we're, we're still a small company. We don't think we can pay you. And I was like, okay, well, I just, I don't have the band. I'm sorry. I really like your company. I just don't have the bandwidth to take on a, an unpaid project at this capacity at this point. So then they, it took them like a week and then they came back and said, okay, so you have to call people's bluff. So when you have your numbers together, I think that helps. Um, as far as exposure, I um, reached out to some influencer marketing agencies, mm-hmm. so they're free. Um, but you need to check which e- with each person's terms. Some 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 marketing agencies don't want you to work with other marketing agencies. Most of them they're fine. They 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 don't care. Um, but it's free for you to join. You literally go online. You create you create a profile, 
and they send you campaigns. They'll say, hey, are you interested in this? This is how much it's paying. Um, yes or no, basically. And you then if you say yes, then or they'll, they'll send you a creative brief. But if you say yes, then they'll say, OK, well, uh, we need you to post it by this time. Here's the product. And then they, they pay you that way. So that's really helped me, too, to get some of these larger um, campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think what else. Yeah, I think those are the big three. Is no, you know, you, you've given a lot of a lot of value right there. Okay, okay. Let me let me stop. Let me, no, let me, no, 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 no. You good? You good? No, that's that's phenomenal. Like I told again, as a podcast. I mean, I think this has been very, very, very well rounded in story and fun, but also a lot of stuff that people can immediately take action on and use with their own brand. So I just thank you for being transparent and helping um helping out with in in this space in this space. So I I did want to ask too. Have you been able to balance? Because I mean, you do so with social media, and I know social media probably takes a lot of time because I see you lot hashtags very well. But then you have meetings, you have your only, you you have your own job, you have mm-hmm. life, and you know the maintenance of a a blog, especially a well marketed blog, it, it's a lot. So, how what what is your tools? Or if you had to give a couple tips to just balancing all that, especially being a like a, a beginning blogger that you still you have to put content out. Yeah. I I make a very strict schedule for myself. And no, and I don't beat myself up if I don't stick to it. But I do do schedule my time. So I literally go on my calendar and I'll block off X amount of hours to write a blog post. Um one thing that I do is typically on, on Saturday mornings, I get up in the morning and I um shoot all my content for the week. So if, if it's a product photography, if I'm doing a campaign or a sponsored post, I will get up and I will shoot every product um, that morning or I'll do it on a Friday night. Um, usually natural light is better. So I, I really try to do it on Saturdays. Um, and then I will spread that content out over a course of two weeks. So um, that really helps me because I, I can't be everywhere at once, mm-hmm. you know, so I can't go come home and shoot every day. So I will go to like a craft store, like Hobby Lobby or um, whatever your local craft store is. And I will get the products and I will switch them out, swap them out, move them into different places in my home to make it look like it was taken in a different place or at a different time on a different day. That really helps. Um, Do you take your own photos? Like the auto shoot, you have somebody that that takes the photos for you. I've always wanted to ask that question that people that are, that look so cool and on Instagram, like with the, with the whole picture space and like taking cool pictures of themselves. Cause outside of speaking on the stage, I'm like, God, man, how can I be like that when I grow up? So do you, is it like an auto click or you have somebody that follows you around and takes all those pictures? No, I have, so I have a photographer, willpower photos, willpowerphotos.net. Um, I, he's another photographer here in the DC area. He takes a lot of my photos. Um, and then also I take some with my iPhone, honestly. Um, so, um, natural light is so important. Like you can, you can get some really high quality photos if you just use natural light. Like I can I say it again, please use natural light because a lot of these photos look so grainy and it's because they're not, they're either at night or you need to be by a window some way, somehow. Um, by the window. By the window. Shooting out the window. <laughs> yeah, be by the window. Um, shooting out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a term? No. I um. Yeah. I'm sorry. If, as you get to know me, I'm the type of person I automatically think about songs. Uh-huh. <laughs> like when I say certain things, so that made me think about this song. 
Uh, I'm, I'm jumping out the window. I'm jumping out the window with this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm asking about shooting out the window. Okay. Shooting out the window. That's back, a good t-shirt too, man. You gotta, you gotta rewatch. You gotta rethink. You gotta uh, re-listen to this podcast. I mean, you got a lot of some some products, some catchphrases, some, some keynote oh, inside of this uh, thing. I'm sorry. I'm, I feel like I've been all over the place today. No, this, but... no, this, no, this is all value add. Like I'm telling you, this is one of my most informational world around the podcast of of season three. Like so, now nah, continue dropping jewels on on. In this space, in this space, in this space. Oh, uh, I don't know if I'm cutting you off, but I know that you had a post as we kind of transition into the next round. Though, but I know you had a post post about legal counsel and why it's important. And I haven't really thought about that. So why did what, what why why do you say for bloggers having legal counsel is that important? Oh my gosh! So I didn't even re- <laughs> I didn't realize how important it was until so um, I follow Shay M. Lawson mm-hmm. on um, social media. Again, Periscope dropping. People on Periscope drop some real lessons. Okay, so she, I started um, following her on Periscope, and she's um, an attorney, and she um, works specifically with like influencers in, in the entertainment industry. Um, and when I met with her, I said, "Oh well, I was interested." She said some things that you needed. Like she, she did a session one day, was saying that you need to have a um, a terms of use for your website, like the way people can use your photos or use your content mm. or, or how they use your blog. And um, I was like, wow, right. When I do go to other websites, I do see at the bottom a terms of use somewhere. So one, that kind of piqued my interest. And so I ended up reaching out to her for a consult and she asked me, hey, can you send me a copy of your terms of use, your private, your current privacy policy, your, it was some other language too. And I was like, uh, I only have like one of these. This is what I have. Like what? <laughs> I was like, whoa, I did not realize that. Like you need a privacy policy for your website too, because most blogs collect cookies. You have to tell your audience somewhere on your website that you're collecting their cookies when they visit your website, which I had no idea about. Oh. Um, that's super important. Super important. Um, you just want to make sure that you're putting all this time and effort and energy into your photos, into your content, into your business, and you just want to make sure it's protected. That's that's ultimately why you want to make sure your business is protected, you're protected, your brand's protected, because it would be it would be really hard if I I would take it really hard if I put all this work in and my stuff was not protected some way somehow. It's like you might as well just just flush it all down the toilet. So um, I learned a lot from Shay. I definitely would check out her as well. Um, trying to think what else. I'll say this for bloggers too. When you start to work with larger brands, I think it's really important for you to go ahead and get in. And Shay may say something else, or your attorney or whoever, but to get get an LLC set up. I had already had an LLC set up before I went to her. But a lot of these bigger brands don't want to pay you the bigger dollars if you don't have an LLC. So it helps if you already have an LLC established. So that way, when you start making, when they start offering you money, you can go ahead and send them, you know, your your tax information. That oh, that helped me too. Okay, wow, man, so many jewels. Thank you, thank you for all that, all that, all that. And briefly, how could you? What what is what what is your number one thing that helps you stay consistent? Because I know you're you're in the game, and a lot of people after a year is or after a couple years. They, it's just hard to really stay consistent. So what is your key and what is your key going forward to keep you stay consistent on the route you're on? What, what, what pushes me to stay consistent is people asking questions and saying, leaving comments and saying, hey, 
um, this was really helpful or wow, I had no idea this existed or I tried this recipe and I loved it. I tried this product and I loved it. Um, I tried this tip and it's helped me feel better. That's what really pushes me to, to keep going. Um, and to stay consistent because people, you know, in the beginning, even if people weren't saying that I would still want to do it because I would know somebody was, was reading. Right. But that really, I'll be honest, that really encourages me to keep going because when people tell me that they have never heard of something that to me seems like it's so, um, I guess something that I, I don't want to say basic, but something that I've been doing for years that people have never heard of is every time that shocks me. So I'm like, yo, people need this information. So that really keeps me, keeps me motivated to stay consistent. Um, I, I, that's the, that's the top thing is that it's not, blogging is not about me. It's not about mm-hmm. me. Tom. Even though I share my personal stories, it's not for my own self-fulfillment. It's really to help others. It's a way to pay it forward and to tell people about things out here that I wish I would have known about years ago, mm-hmm. years ago. Um, that's, that's what's, you know, helps me. Yep. Yep. And also public service announcement. If you follow a blog, you follow a podcast, you follow somebody that you love their content, please, please make sure you send them a tweet or, or video or whatever to let or email, letting them know that you like their content. I think a lot of people, if you look like you maybe have a lot of, a lot of followers, a lot of people that love your content, they like, well, they, they wouldn't, if I like the content, uh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, uh, notice if I said thank you or I love it. But it, it does something when you publicly acknowledge somebody that's putting their, their life, their time, their effort into giving out content. So just please make sure you, you, you tip, you tip the waiter, <laughs> tip, tip the waiter out here. And you never know what will happen from that because I have, I have commented on other bloggers that I feel like, Oh, I can never, I can never be like, this is before I started blogging. I could never be like them. I could never have my own platform. I could never. And and I reached out to them and now we're collaborating like sweet. I'll give you an example. There's a blogger named sweet potato soul. She's a vegan blogger. And we ended up meeting because I went to a conference last year, met her. And then now we just did a Twitter chat together. And this is someone who I thought was unreachable that I would never, ever talk to meet in life. So when you tell people how much you appreciate them, you never know that can always turn into a collaboration. That happened. This happened to me a few times. Is for me saying, "Hey, I really admire your work," and they 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 will never even know I existed, and they'll be like, "Wow, who is this person?" And they go and look at your your work, and they're like, "I know I admire your work. Why don't more people know more about you?" Mm-hmm. And the partnering and collaboration helps you because that cross collaboration will help you increase your visibility too. If you're a blogger trying to, you know, get your numbers up. That helps you. That cross collaboration is so important. Man, 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 man. This is this you're dropping some jewels that people pay a lot of money to pay for. So thank you, thank you again. All right. So difficult questions, real rap session, real quick. And um, this is this is something near and dear to my heart because I know I, I teach high school and I have a lot of high school young women that majority of their day is spent on Instagram outside of just I don't know what they do all day on Instagram, but it's Instagram, Snapchat, and they follow and identify with a lot of. A lot of celebrity women on Royal Atlanta Housewives and a lot of people that that uh, in Hollywood, the women that look a certain way. And as well as they follow a lot of uh, natural or hair people, uh, beauty bloggers and whatnot. So this question is in essence of 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 now online that you have these these far out reaches of beauty at, at times. How do you kind of find that balance of promoting that, but also promoting like 
uh, loving your self-image where you're at because some students, like I said, come from unfortunate circumstances where, I mean, they, it's kind of, it's so far away that they don't, may not value themselves as much. And you know, nowadays we live in a society where you can, uh, you can see what houses other people and you can see what shoes that you don't got, especially for people that are young. If it affects adults, imagine these middle schools and high schoolers that all around you see all this stuff. So what's your take on, this whole the, the the essence of what beauty is now, and what do you feel your 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 space is as a blogger in that space? Um, I, I will say that part of it is is the beauty industry's fault, especially in uh, uh I'll, I'll say green beauty, which is basically the healthy cosmetics, eco friendly community. There's not a lot of uh a makeup out there, um for women of color in that space, a lot of brands who cater to us. And I think partially in a way, these companies are telling uh, us that we don't matter, mm. right? That, or that we are not, we don't deserve this type of beauty or we're not, we, we're not beautiful. We don't need to elevate our beauty in any way, like enhance or anything like that. Um, one thing, so that I'll say that um, another thing is, stop get offline you have to get that's the thing is like when you start watching, <laughs> like literally some i don't spend nearly as much time online as i used to um because I, I, I automate a lot of my stuff but i'm talking when i say online i mean i don't spend my time scrolling and watching so much because i have to watch me and when you watch yourself and you pour into yourself that makes you feel better when you when you go learn a new skill when you go to a new store when you start having experiences um, I think your 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 mindset shifts about what's really important. Look, beauty fades. I mean, the Bible. I, I, I I'm sorry, I live by the Bible and I practice. No, you don't gotta say sorry. No, we good. I, I don't wanna say sorry, but I, <laughs> I hope I'm not offending anyone who don't have these same beliefs. But beauty is the Bible tells us beauty is passing. This stuff does not matter. I mean, in the grand scheme of life. What does you having some uh, a beat face? What does that matter? So you have to. I what makes me feel good from the inside out, and I try to encourage everyone else to do this is to learn learn something new, learn perfect something, like gain a new skill, teach somebody something, help someone, go volunteer. Those things make me feel like wow, I did something. That that I think that helps you radiate from the inside out when you feel purpose, when you feel like you're helping someone else that those things to me are beauty. Um, but these people, these these girls have to get offline. Stop scrolling. Because when you're looking at what this person's doing, what that person's doing, that person's not looking at you. I guarantee they're not. I guarantee they're not scrolling. <laughs> worried about you. Stop worrying so much about them. You have one life and you should spend as much of your time trying to. Uh, fulfill your purpose and to pour into your own life, into your own beauty. And you have to figure out what makes you feel beautiful too. If going to go for a run and coming back, I see these shirts all the time. I ran three, I'm most beautiful when I'm running, something like that. Mm -hmm. Something that empowers you. I think that that helps, but. I like like that nugget. I like that nugget. And uh, last question on this, in this section is uh, what, if you had to create a program, to to that would benefit like middle school through high school uh, students specifically in like African American ones uh, to help especially young girls what like to take better care of their bodies and their emotion that whole wellness space like what do you think some key components would be? 
Uh, I think diet is one. Um, I would definitely have a nutrition piece because if you don't eat feel good foods that make you feel good and make you feel energized, you're not going to be able to get through your day and do all the other things as far as, I mean, diet is, is a big thing. Diet makes you feel good. It makes you feel more awake. It makes your skin glow. It makes your hair longer. It makes that when you eat right, that helps you become more naturally beautiful. Um, I think affirmations are really important. Um, I love to journal and whenever I'm feeling something, I write it down and it's funny how you'll go back and look two days later and you'd be like, yo, I was feeling that way. Like, no, actually, no, that is not like, <laughs> so I, that's, <laughs> not, that's not reality and feelings are not facts. And, um, so I definitely would think affirmation is important to me. Um, so definitely have that component. Affirmation can be used for anyone. That's the good thing is even if you're not a religious person, um, you just saying I can you, you empowering yourself. That's really important. Trying to figure out how can I empower myself uh, without anyone else. Um, I think you can do that with affirmation, self affirmation. Um, wow, what else? Ex- exercise important would be the exercise piece. There would be some type of physical activity portion. So whether that be um, aerobics or weights, I think weightlifting is important, um, especially as a, a former you know athlete. I started lifting weights in high school and it just helped me gain more confidence um, in myself. So I think those are what I would include in the program. Um, yeah. It's a lot. This is a deep question. This is like. <laughs> no, it is because I mean, because I, I see it every day and, I, and specifically the people that honestly are live in poverty. Like the women that I mean, they live in, they look, they, they don't look like they live in poverty as far as the J's and all this other stuff, but they live in poverty. So. And, and then their their diet consists of, I mean, you'd be surprised, Zaxby's, Bojangles, it's all, all red dye stuff. I mean, eating hot fries, all this stuff. That's all they really consist of. And I'm like, I'm like, what in the world? There's no way that you're not, you're, that's why I'll summon and they spew so much negativity because all they're eating is crazy. It's just, it's a lot. You're, when you don't, when you're eating the wrong foods or you really don't exercise outside of walking the halls when you're not in the class, um, it's just a lot of d- different things. So I definitely, I, I hope and my prayer is that more people like yourself in those spaces. I mean, I, of course, that's, that's not your key demographic. That's not the space, but hopefully that, um, you know, as much as, as much as possible, be or or be a presence in those schools or or have some type of program maybe quarterly or or, or yearly or something because there's a lot of young women that are especially in dc definitely and, and all across the country that just need some help on that self edification piece uh but yeah that's either here today it's not a podcast for that but i always um and it's really troubling to see, uh, see so many young women of color that are living in poverty, but that they just can't really take those necessary steps to just have a better self-image. And that's, and that's something that I, I actually am trying to work on as far as budget, how to eat healthy on a budget, how you can eat, uh, healthy with limit, very limited dollars. How to, another thing is I would like to, I will say, I will add this. I would like to dare the piece to be that program where they can learn how to grow their own food. Because that's something we need to, is that you can have an urban garden at home and you don't have to buy your food. You know, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, food deserts are real. Um, and so I, I definitely understand that. So I, um, I, I think that, um, 
I would like to include that too. Something to teach them how you can eat. You don't have to eat Zaxby's. You can get a can of beans for a dollar. You don't have to get. You come into my classroom talking like that. <laughs> Guys, put down your, your wings and zings and get you a can of beans for a dollar. They were like, you, you cute and all. I like your hair, but you better get You got to get out of here with all that stuff. Like, I don't know, great Mr. Hill. I don't know who you just Skyped in, but. <laughs> No, I, no, I totally get it. And we, we should talk offline about that. We need some programming for that. So some real strategy. Because I think that's a good idea. It really is. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, and with that, with that, with that, uh, this is kind of like a new a new segment kind of way. And I, I'm, I'm going to find out a way as I go through next episodes, kind of roll it out a little bit better. But the new segment, real quick, is like, what's the fir- it's called like, what's the first things that comes to your mind? And I'll ask like five things. And you can just jump to kind of what the first thing maybe in me a story maybe a person i don't know but things that come to your mind with this all right okay um first uh diet the word diet plants mm. why up, up, uh, just because that's your space you're in you just asked me the first thing that i thought about that's the first thing that came to my mind <laughs> diet, but energy Shift. Mm. Beauty. No standard. Oh. Self love. Uh, Self care. Uh, wellness. Mm. Mm. Positivity. Mm. Food. Wow. I believe I believe my mom went straight to tacos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no tacos! Not the plant based. Is it plant based tacos? Yes. Yep. You can make it with walnut meat or mushrooms or Beyond Beef, which is a uh, a meat replacement. Yeah. Yep. And I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna use your quote that I've heard you say: "You can't be a slave to convenience." Because this whole podcast, I've been thinking like, how much time does she spend on freaking making food? Like, it doesn't like. <laughs> There's no pop-up shop of plant-based stuff. So I feel like I don't know how you have time to even live when you're you're creating this plant-based stuff. So uh, I know I didn't I didn't ask this at the beginning of the podcast, but what and you're gonna say, well, it can be done conveniently and fast. Give us the honest, raw truth on how much time it takes for you to consciously be a plant-based eater. It doesn't take a lot of time to be honest. I'm, if I, it really doesn't. I'm gonna tell you why. In the mornings, people, what takes longer is making all these pancake eggs, grits, bacon. <laughs> that's what takes a long time. But in the morning, you usually have a smoothie. So I just literally my produce is washed. So that's one thing I do on Sunday evenings. I, I rent, I'll take about thirty minutes. I'll take all my produce and I'll wash it. So I'll soak it in apple cider vinegar. Get all because not every I try to buy organic, but I can't buy everything organic so when you soak it it helps get the pesticides off the produce so um i do that and i and i chop up my food and so during the week i can just throw my smoothie and my smoothie bags into the blender and go um and i do most of my preps and like i said i eat mostly out of bowls so i will bring my quinoa and uh, you know, you, you know, you see people online meal prepping, they have their rice, they have their protein, they got their string beans or whatever else they're doing. Mm-hmm. I do a similar thing, but just I just make it with no, you know, it's, it's vegetarian or vegan or, or whatever. Um, I would say maybe I spend probably about maybe a, hmm, maybe an hour and a half on a Sunday evening. And then again, on a, probably on Wednesday evening, because I have to do it twice a week because my food, that's the thing about eating plant based is your food 
expires quickly. So I can't come back and eat my steak from three days, four days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, which is telling you something. If you if your food can last that long, that's kind of a problem. Um, so I say I say in total maybe three four hours a week in prep mm-hmm. uh, for me. But how much do you eat, though? Like, don't you have to eat a lot? Because, I mean, I remember I tried to eat. I, I, I was eating two, three salads a day, and I, I was starving the entire day. I, I was starving. Starving. <laughs> you do have to eat a lot, but what we call it is, uh, what Chef Aki calls it, a, a, a bass, which is a big bleep salad. Yeah. <laughs> a huge one. A huge. So I do eat a lot. So most people, like, I'll, I'll put an avocado in there, that, you know, quinoa keeps you full, kale. I, I'm eating chia seeds. You have to make sure that your salad is not just full of cucumber, like water-rich. You want water-rich vegetables too, but when you get a lot of water-rich stuff, that you'll be hungry in 30 minutes. So mm. you need some hummus. hummus. Hummus is chickpeas, so that gives you your protein and makes you feel fuller too. I make sure I keep that stuff on. I put uh, sea vegetables. Oh, don't laugh. Somebody laughed. Sea, <laughs> Somebody sea laugh. vegetables. Whoa. Sea vegetables. So I put sea vegetables in my on my plate. So that would be um, kelp noodles, um, uh, something else. I was gonna say, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> but yeah, you um, nori. That's what it is. Nori, nori. That gives those are iron rich vegetables that you and they keep you full. Um, I add those to your yeah, nuts, pine nuts. You just you can't just eat uh, spinach, cucumber, and <laughs> whatever else you put on there. And get a carrot and tomatoes and be done with it. You have to really make hearty salads. Um, Man, this is your, your wealth of knowledge in this space is very very. I, I it's just because I mean I, I definitely think there's there's definitely a, if, I don't know if you, when you expand or kind of what you offer as far as like just advice or plans and all this other stuff but whenever if, if that's the lane you ever end up going down um definitely just because just uh, man I, I i wouldn't know where to start i just thought i was eating salad that's just half the battle there's there's a lot more levels to this now this podcast is just let me know the levels to as far as eating and levels to what's out there as far as access so i, I definitely um thank you for enlightening lighting us all on this this whole new journey yeah you're welcome yeah thanks for allowing me to to share. All right, so our our before our culture change round, I do got I do have to ask questions about the future. So, what's next for you personally? What can we look forward to as far as that's Chelsea in 2017 and and kind of beyond? Like, what's 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 next? Hmm. Well, what's next? I'm this Sunday. Well, I'm not gonna say this Sunday because the podcast will probably be gone. But so on May 8th, I am going to be back on Good Morning Washington for another, for Meatless Monday. So I will be teaching you four different ways to incorporate uh, edible flowers into your dishes, just in time for Mother's Day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, I'm actually going to be speaking at a retreat here in the DC area on um, July 15th. And um, it's called Holistic Holistic City Lifestyle. Um, so please be on the lookout for that because I'll be posting about that. But it's for anybody who is wellness curious. So you don't have to be vegan or vegetarian or plant-based. It's anyone who wants to to uh, enter the wellness space or to learn more about wellness will be able to um, attend that event. Um, so those are the two top things that, I have, that I'm working on right now. 
Okay. Okay. We'll definitely um all the all the show links and everything will be in the show. And where do you see the where where do you th- where do you see yourself in the future with with um and you don't got to release too much, but in the future, like where you want to take your brand and and what you offer and everything and and of that nature. Yeah, I um I haven't released it yet, and I haven't really talked much about it, but I definitely wanted to put out some type of ebook with either recipes or some type of nutritional guide. Um, so people can figure out what what the heck can I eat on a daily basis, especially for those who are um, working in corporate America like myself. Um, so I think that will be next. And um, I'm talking about big. I mean, I, I, I like that, and I'm definitely gonna be on the lookout that. But as far as like big picture, like when you when you started this, I know you I, I, you don't gotta share too much, but I know you had a plan. Like maybe in five years, or I want to be like the the king of this space the queen of this space or be doing like speak or like where where do you kind of see yourself in the lay of the land man so over since i've wow that's that's tough i haven't even because this is so new to me i haven't gotten that far ahead yet but i will say that since i have started making my own food and learning more about food that i've really had developed a passion for cooking um, and so I would love to one day to become a vegan chef um, down the line. That's something I would love to do and to host uh, like workshops, cooking workshops. Um, so people come in and learn. And then also uh, once I become certified vegan, try to open up some type of space to help other people become certified uh, vegan chefs as well. Got you, got you. And um, keep that innocence, though. Keep that like I don't know, because that that keeps you seriously. That keeps you. I mean, um, from my end, that keeps you focused on like the day to day, like doing what you've been doing and, and creating the buzz and esteem that you've been able to. Because unfortunately, some of us, and I include myself, when I first started, I was so out there, and I've been able. God has blessed me to have a certain modem of success with the podcast and with speaking and, and and books and stuff like that. However, sometimes I kind of downplay that. And don't be in the moment because I'm thinking like, yo, I'm trying to be one of the best speakers in the world. I'm trying to get a New York Times bestseller. And I don't think about that that as much as often now. But when you have that first innocence, like this is this is cool. I mean, I'm just blessed to be able to be on a podcast. I'm blessed to get featured on TV. But when you become numb to that, that's when it's like, okay, that's when it gets weird. But keep that keep that innocence. Thank you, thank you. I will say this: you're definitely a good speaker. When I heard when I heard you on your podcast, I was like, "Wow, I need to take some classes." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, no. Nah, but but what you share with this podcast, I mean, you have uh, there's there's definitely a gift in there. And honestly, in the, the day, uh, one thing I realize about the whole speaking thing, it ain't about uh, unless you're preaching. It's not too much about oratorical talent. It's more so about. Uh, what you're saying. If you're saying true stuff, if you're saying real stuff, I don't care if you're saying mundane, monotone, whatever. If you're saying real stuff, then the world now with so much fluff going around, so much fake news, the people that really say stuff that they really do know and they're confident and they have stuff to back it up, then you're good. <laughs> yeah. So our culture change round, last round of the show, rapid fire. I asked a series of five questions and you give me rapid fire answers. And then we got last culture change question. Then we got the show. You ready? Yep. And I know I talk really, really fast. And you're like, okay. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, you're like, ready? Like, like, and I talk really, really slow. So. <laughs> That's one thing. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, at any day, mix that up. Because I, I sometimes, intentionally, I know specifically. Because I just get excited. When I'm going to get excited, I speed up. But Brenda Bruchard, one of the best people, models in this space, 
he is faster talking than I. So that's what that's what encouraged me not to slow down for the most part. <laughs> but uh, the first question is, what's the best piece of advice that you have never received? I think. Um, hmm, be fearless. I didn't I never heard that until I had had already gotten older and experienced it. That that's what I had to do in order to get what I wanted in life. I wish someone told me when I was younger to just be brazen and to do what I love and to do it fearlessly. Yep, love that. I love that. Uh, if you could add one habit and take away one habit, what would it be? What would they be? One habit. I would love to uh, <laughs> incorporate. I would glad yoga would be one habit. I would like to add back practicing yoga every day because that's something I used to do years ago and I never got back to it. If I could take away one habit, I would think that um, uh, I'm very hard on myself. So I would take that away. Love that. What is your favorite book and why? My favorite book is. The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. And um, I think that book really uh, reflects um, the thought behind why people have like this self-hate about them and how we can overcome that and break through it. Mm. Love that as well. I'm definitely going to check that out. And what would you say is your biggest fear? God. I love that. Claps. <laughs> <laughs> if you were the president of the United States, what was the first thing you would do? There's so many issues. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Um, that's a really, that's a really tough one. Yeah. Mm. I think. Having it would have to be something around healthcare. Having everyone being able to have access to quality healthcare is so important. It's bigger than just having a plant based diet. It's bigger. It's, it's bigger than that. If you, it's bigger than the ingredients in your hair products. Access to affordable quality healthcare is big. So I would have to get in and strategize some initiative to make sure that everyone had access to, to healthcare and good healthcare. Uh, and really, a truly affordable health care. Yeah, I think I hit it on the head. Even though it's like you can have access to it. However, if you're not knowledgeable enough to use it, yeah. then that's when, because I know a lot of people in certain, not even just a black people, but community, if they're sick, they, not, they don't go to the doctor. They're just like, well, I'm going I'm to I'm hold it down. I'm going to figure it out. And then all of a sudden, they might have cancer, something, something crazy. And it's just, and even... People that want to start businesses, they might have access to pay uh, courses, access to people that have more information. But how many times do they use it? Like a lot of people that probably maybe have maybe the same idea you have, have access to the same amount of people, the blogs and whatnot and the resources and the models that they can transition off. But a lot of them still haven't even bought the domain. So that yeah. access thing, man, it's, I, I can preach on that right there, but there's a difference between access and actually utilizing the access. And I think that's the core issue of just everything. I mean, there's access. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't want to get on that. that, that rant. <laughs> this is very true. You're, very, you're making a good point. Um, 
And I know I have my last question about the uh, the, the society, but I I'm remiss because I didn't ask uh, this this former question at the beginning of the podcast. I know we're running short on time, but this part the question about one of the biggest challenges, and you can uh, you can answer this. One of the biggest challenges that you you went through, and the key lesson that you learned from it to to kind of help you to be who you are today. Hmm. So I won't go into it too much, but I, in undergraduate school, I was in a, um, an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and I was able to get out of that relationship. And I learned a lot from that. I learned about, about myself, about how strong I actually was. Um, I learned a lot about mental health and not being afraid to ask for help. And um, I overcame it by asking for help. And um, I think that really helped shape me as a person. It helped me see a a perspective of life and what people go through um, and and why the why behind people, the psychology behind why people do certain things um, that I would have never known whether or not I had uh, gone through that experience. yeah, I think that that was yeah. the biggest. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, it, that helped me shape the way uh, I, I see where I was then, and I see where I was now, and see how when people are online like, oh, um, why don't people just love themselves? <laughs> like, why why do people let things like this happen, right? And it helped me be able to, uh, which which I have have done before, uh, but it helped me be able to frame these conversations when I do speak. Cause I do speak on some mental health issues. I've done that in the past. Um, speak about like be, see things from a different perspective to help people uh, who are in that in a situation like that. Yep. I love that. I I it, I cringe when even when I catch myself saying it or when I help others use like really banal generalities about certain things. Like why do people do something that? And I think it goes back to a quote you said earlier in the podcast that healthy looks different on everybody. Yeah. Just yeah. having like, just because like somebody may look healthy, they got the six pack, they got that, but that doesn't mean they're healthy. And somebody may look unhealthy and really they're, they're it's healthy to them. That is where they need to be. You don't know where their health was. So it's just, we always tend to put our, our expectations, our limitations, our whatever we're going through on other people when it's like, yo, it's whoever you believe in told you to be responsible for your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, again, if that really does, you never know what someone went through to get to where they are today. So you can't say that, oh, this person is lazy or this person is this or this person is that. You have to really look at the big picture. And I think I wish people would be more open to doing that. Love that. Love that. So I call myself the culture change agent and everybody that I have on the show, I consider culture change agents in their own space. And we're talking about the culture. And if you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African-American culture, what would it be and why? I I really, um, what I really hate to see online is, I see this online mostly because nobody in my circle does this, this whole light skin, dark skin thing. Mm. It really bothers me because people will say, you know, uh, 
you know, just these comments about, oh, I can't be with her because she's too dark or I can't be with her because she's too light or you only got this opportunity because you're light skinned or um, you only got this opportunity because you got this textured hair or I'm not doing this because of like we're all black. <laughs> like I, I wish I think that causes a divide and I wish that we could get past that. Again, that goes back to self-hate and self-love and cultural, you know, and projections and there's a whole bunch of reasons why that happens. But I wish that we could get past that, that whole, I wish we'd get past that. I hate that. Yeah, that is a, that's a bigger conversation. I think it's, it's been, <laughs> luckily I watched the Netflix, uh, the Netflix documentary on, on color skin and it's, it's so, but the thing is, it's so ingrained into your culture growing up that it's just, it's hard to avoid even myself. Like there was a while where I only talked to light skin girls. It was only, I only did. I didn't even see the beauty. And dark skin, that's growing up. So don't want my dark skin people that's following. I'm dark skin as well. Do not be like, yo, this this dude, G hit him, jumped off the cliff. No, no, no. It's not that was when I was young. I was in high school. Relax. I said Jay Z had the line like, um, he, he said, what did, what did Jay Z say? Um, I'm winning. Uh, my gear is in, and I'm in the in crowd, and all the wavy light skin girls is loving me now. Like all all these all the subconscious stuff you saw in music videos and whatnot. I was a product of that era. It's like it just that's what it was. But now I, I see beauty in a lot of different things, and I'm not as tight cast but i think that is just so so real even how we raise our children even how we speak to, it's just so that's it's so deep god life is just too deep man that's why it's all vanity anyways but that's in here or there um man this has been a it, it does not even feel but we've been on the on this line for an hour and 40 minutes like it's been a wonderful listen i know when people are listening to this podcast and i get it all the time they're like yo gee you record some outrageously long podcasts, but it never feels like it's really how it is. Like I, got, I had a podcast that was two hours and thirty minutes, like the Titanic limp. But people listen all the way through. I don't know how. I just praise God. I don't know how. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be interesting conversations. It'd be very organic, and I think that's why people want to tune in is because you don't hear that very often. So staged. Everything's so staged now. You just have a you know listen to it's it's rare that you listen in on this natural flowing conversation. So, but do you and as we close, do you? Is that scary? Because that me on the online space, I, I think it's scary though because we live in order to kind of grow your brand, you have to you do have to market it in such a way, and mm-hmm. I always try to have that balance between like chill trying to grow and build on an online perspective, but also still like live because i don't want to be too like manufactured in a way where everything has to look perfect and i and it's probably a better question for you because i mean you all all your posts online are meticulously done i mean they look flawless for the most part so how do you straddle between i i guess probably in your writing but how do you straddle between still having that image but not being so um turning life into a brand. I mean, life into a brand. Well, I know branding is important, but you still like this, who you are. And a lot of people don't match up to who they brand, but that's a whole thing I was doing another day. But yeah. Yeah, thanks. No, thank you. I honestly, I think consistency is more important than perfection and, and the staging. And I, I think that um, I, I do, you know, not every picture I take is with, a, you know, I don't, it's not from the photographer or my professional camera or anything like that. 98% okay. of them are. <laughs> Say that again? I said about 98% of them are. Uh, no, but, you know, I think you have to go out and show yourself really doing things, mm-hmm. like real things. Like I've posted pictures of me at, at a farm or <laughs> um, out at parties with other people or especially through Insta stories, um, Insta stories with no makeup on talking about X, Y, and Z. Um, I, I think that you, when you show real, less stage stuff, and just like this, this, this conversation here, um, 
it's been pretty organic and flowing and I've said a lot of ums, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think you just have to be uh, genuine and, and show things that everyday people do. I show myself going to the grocery store on Insta stories, what I'm shopping for, where people can get it. I think that humanizes you. You always have to humanize yourself. And then also I try to incorporate little stories about myself in, into my writing. You're right. So I'll give you an example. When I did that, I'm um, cereal post, um, that it's not your cereal. I talked about how I used to eat cereal, breakfast, snack, and, and dessert. And, and and a lot of people can relate to that because a lot of people do that, like when you, especially when you're in college. So um, I think just weaving in your personal stories into your posts really helps. That helps in the captions um, as well. And that's going to translate um, ultimately in your photos. So mm, I love that. I love that. On that note, on that note, where can the Minority Trailblazer audience and those that have tuned into this podcast find more information about you, what you do, the products you like, the products you don't like, your story, all that good stuff? Where are you at on social media? Where are you at online? Where can we find you? Yep, my blog, it's that's Chelsea.com. So T H A T S, and then Chelsea is spelled C H E L S E A. That's Chelsea.com. You can find me on Instagram at that's Chelsea. Pretty much everywhere um at that's chelsea except on twitter twitter it's hi that's chelsea love that love that audience all the uh, wonderful links products people that she said on the line will be in the show notes she i've never i've never had this difficult of a job i i can already tell finding and getting all these links is going to take me a long time but oh, I can uh, well, we're going to have all that good stuff on the show notes. And I definitely want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and from Minority Trailblazers heart for giving us your time, um, a lot of your resources, your tools, techniques, your story and all that good stuff. Thank you so much for having, having me. And thank you to all who tuned in and listened. And um, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Yeah. And Minority Trailblazer Nation, that's a wrap. Out in 30 minutes in the book, I guarantee or at least I hope you learned something from this show. And as we close out, remember, 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 leave a review if you have not. We are stuck on 150. Let's get to 200 by next week. I don't know where we're going to get it from. We got over 200,000 downloads and we got 150 reviews. And I got many more messages about how dope the show is. And we still got 150 reviews. So if you got an iPhone, please leave a review. Share with a friend. Number two, make sure you go to MinorityTrailBlazer.com. Register to get more information about the conference. Remember, it's MinorityTrailBlazer.com to learn more about the Minority Trailblazer Conference happening in March 2018. Also, check me out on YouTube, Greg Hill TV, weekly updates about everything in the life of G. This is going to hurtfully encourage and empower. And also, snap me, Instagram me, Facebook me, all that stuff, at Greggy Hill. Make sure you check out Chelsea Williams' store, buy some products, show, show a love, reach out. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So, you know how we end. I got three things for you. Change the, my bad, for freaking culture. Good night.